I don't think anyone here thinks of you as just our foster parents. I don't even know what that term means, because to me, you're just ma and pa. And I think I speak for everyone here when I say, thank you for taking us in. For taking me in when I was just a punk kid who was scared of everything. When I had no one else, you accepted me and you showed me what it was like. Um, what it was like to be loved. And none of us would be here if it weren't for you. I mean, just look at this beautiful family you made. <laughs> so let's all lift our glasses to our king and queen. <laughs> Happy 30th, you guys. Everything good in my life is because of you. What is up? And welcome to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast with four friends reviewing movies that you absolutely should have seen already. My name's Tyler, and I'm here with uh, three wonderful, dear friends of mine. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? My name is Zach. My name is Jake. I'm a little bummed, though, just because of this movie makes me so sad. (laughs) And I'm Scott. And, I you were and say, you're like, giddy because this movie made Jake so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you always start that you're bummed because like it's us dismissing our friendship. This is like uh, the first time Tyler like embraces it and loves it and you're still bummed. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, uh, this movie was just, a, it was a gut punch, man. <laughs> I think I, I mean, I guess we can wait to get into it. I can't wait till we force you to watch Room. Oh, oh no, yeah. please don't. Please, oh. please. I already did this. <laughs> that, this is this is like child's play compared to Oh that. yeah. Well this Speaking is a happy which. movie compared <laughs> yeah. to Room. Yeah. Uh well a little bit of just the facts. This was directed by directed and written by Destin Daniel Cretton, which is one of those names that is impossible to say five times fast. Uh, it was released August 23rd, 2013. It was based on a, a short film that he had made uh, that uh, five years earlier. Uh, it did $2.3 million in the box office on a budget under $1 million. We don't know exactly. It was just under $1 million. It did not do better than Napoleon Dynamite. Well, this was not a, uh, this wasn't like a theatrical release. This was, uh, oh. yeah, this was like, uh, this got released in um, like film festivals, nice. like indie film. Uh, it got an 80% on uh, the other guys and IMDb gave it a 7.8. Actually, I don't think that's accurate. I may have to edit this out. I might not have uh, updated, updated those that. From yeah, that doesn't look right. I think we should keep it in. Because I was going to say, for a while, I thought you said that it had like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It did for a long time. The other guys gave this a 98% and it got a 8, a flat 8 on IMDb. And it was sitting at 100% for quite a while? It was sitting at 100% for quite a while until uh, Rami Malek uh, like blew up and then it like drove a lot more people to go watch this movie. Okay. And uh, so it dropped from 100% to a 98. But for years, this was at 100% on IMDb. And if you don't know who Dustin, Dustin, uh, that is hard to say, Dustin Daniel Cretton is, you will when he directs Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, the new Marvel movie coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Marvel. Also, <laughs> I would deeply hope, this isn't a movie we're reviewing probably, but you absolutely should have seen Just Mercy. 
I watched that recently. It was very good. It was good. That was also written and directed by the same guy. Oh. Yeah. And oh my gosh, Just Mercy blew me away. I had no idea it was him until I was doing some research for this film. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I love him. But so he yeah. really likes Brie Larson. He does. Well, and he uses Brie Larson in another movie that he released a few years ago that was up for some Academy Awards called The Glass Castle. How was that? It was good. Not as good as this, but it's good. Yeah, solid. Um, definitely like very much like character driven movie. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to be kind of his thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty impressive guy does all of his own writing, you know, pretty impressive director. Uh, but yeah, uh, this, uh, was not nominated for any Academy Awards because like I mentioned, it was a film festival movie and it, uh, did very well in all the various film festivals. It won lots of awards. So like South by Southwest and, uh, you know, Sundance and all those kinds uh-huh. of different things. So, yeah, uh, I picked this movie, uh, just cause I, uh, Zach had turned me onto it. He was like, oh, I just saw this movie. You should really check it out. And I absolutely loved it. Um, it was one of like the first times I really felt like, uh, every single character that I was watching was like real, uh, so yeah, that was why I nominated Zach. You'd seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. What would you, what What were your thoughts rewatching it? Uh, I loved it just as much as I've loved it every time I've watched it. Um, yeah, I've seen this movie uh, a good amount of times, and this has been one of those movies that I tell a lot of people to watch. You yeah, because it did kind of fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. But it's been cool to see how everyone involved in it has since then blown up. Yeah, in such a crazy way. Not even just the director, but like Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rami Malek. Yeah. You know, him especially. It's so much that it was frustrating that they, like, I've seen newer, like, updated, uh, like, covers for this movie or posters. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, the biggest face on the... Right, yeah. Which is frustrating because he's not one of the main characters. Because he has such just an unlikable face. That too, yeah. But he's just <laughs> not the protagonist, you know? Um, but Caitlin Dever, I believe her name is Dever. I think Dever. Yeah. Who's gone on to do quite a bit. Um, who was she in this movie? She was, uh, the young girl that like Brie Larson really like okay. kind of attaches to the one that's friend with Tim Allen. <laughs> I forgot how you got there, but I'm just gonna, yeah, let's, let's pretend he didn't. They act together. Last man standing. Okay. Who does Caitlin Dever? Yeah. Oh, she's one of his daughters in that show. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So she's in that as well. Um, (laughs) Do you watch Last Man Standing? (laughs) No, but I used to live with my grandpa, and it was like my grandpa's favorite show. Okay. All that to say, I love this movie. It's got a lot of heart. The music is one of my favorite aspects of this movie too. Um, mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that I'll, I'll watch it and I'll, I'll forget how great the music is. And then I'm just listening to the soundtrack for days afterwards. Oh yeah. Uh, everyone knocks it out of the park performance wise. Uh, Lake Stanfield. He's another one. Yeah. He like is really blown up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's cool to go back and watch like where all these people came from. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, actually, it's funny that you bring him up in particular. He was the only person who was a part of the original short film. So he played Marcus in the original short film and then decided to quit acting. And Cretton had a hard time tracking him down because he had quit acting and he also didn't have a cell phone. And he he was just determined he had to have him 
reprise his role as Marcus. Went full Nick Miller. Went full Nick Miller and uh, found him. And, you know, which is crazy because he then has gone on to have an extremely impressive film career. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny that he quit acting and then short term 12 is what like broke him into relevance. That's awesome. Uh, Jake, you were, uh, Jake and Scott were our two late bloomers. Jake, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, um, I, I'm trying to think whether or not I can say that I liked it. Cause I, I, I sent everybody a text while I was in the middle of watching it. And I was like, this movie is just no fun, but it was very well done. And I just, I don't, I don't really like thinking about it anymore. That just, cause it made me like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just, I felt too sad and that's not what I'm at a movie for. But at the same time, like I'm glad I saw it. I don't really want to watch it again. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. Scott, uh, you were a late bloomer, but before we uh, see check in with you, we'll play our little game where uh, the other the other two guys decide whether or not you liked it. I think you really liked it. I have a question that's going to inform my opinion a little bit. Okay. What kind of dad is Tim Allen in uh, <laughs> in Last Man Standing? Very conservative. Okay, like could could that could she be playing the same character? Like, could no. she be in? Okay. Then he probably didn't like it very much because it had nothing to do with Last Man Standing. <laughs> I think he probably liked it. Your Last Man Standing references. I hate it. I'm just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I really thought this was a great movie. It was like the best worst time I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I, I think I might uh, agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Um, I would watch it again. I like movies that put me in my feels. So... Um, I like to watch them once and then just forget that I had those feels, mm. you know, <laughs> like I, I struggle with movies that don't give me any kind of feels. Mm. I think that's part of what uh, a few weeks back we talked about in glorious. And that's part of like why I didn't like it as much as Django was. I felt like Django was more emotional for me. Mm. And so like this wait more like this is still pretty emotional. Like she watched her family get murdered and no Django's more emotional than in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, I know that's what I was thinking about in Glorious Bastards. We don't have to get into it. Okay. And also why you rated uh there will be blood so low is because you you didn't didn't feel any an emotional connection with anyone. Yeah. I I going back to that though, I I still like the milkshake line. It's a great line. That's the reason it got the the high the point one. Yeah, yeah, the point one, the high yeah. rating that it did. Yeah, you get. I thought you you did give it a point one. Yeah, a five point one, which was much more insulting, I think, than just a five. <laughs> Jake will never let Scott live that down. No, That's I'm fine. so upset and about it. And it's my I, joy to I remind still, Jake about it every time. I he still and stick Scott. by it because I remember, like, I I hadn't seen the movie, and then I sat like I sat there for like a few minutes after I watched it, and I was like, whoa. I really loved that. And then to hear Scott be like (laughs) (laughs) 5.1. I really didn't like the whole time. I just, we're not even talking about this movie. I don't know why we're still talking about it. I just kept thinking about Benny from uh, (laughs) the mummy. From the mummy. That was what ruined it for you. Pulled you out of it. Pulled me out. Well, I really like short term 12. Well, let's jump into a little bit of the play by play. Uh, So we start off uh, with, uh, we get sort of introduced to Grace and her husband, or our, I'm sorry, her boyfriend Mason, uh, and her and Mason and another coworker are sort of like introducing a new coworker to this uh, facility, which is a group home for like troubled kids, troubled mm-hmm. teenagers, uh, and 
her boyfriend Mason is telling this ridiculous outlandish story. And then all of a sudden one of the kids comes screaming out of the house. Alarms are going off and he's wearing like a American flag, just like sprinting and screaming in like just his underwear. He's a pretty cool kid. <laughs> he actually did remind me of you. Oh yeah. Thanks. With yeah. The American flag. Was he a little and red the red hair? He was red. Yeah. He was a redhead. Yeah. At, at this scene, I got a little bit worried. I think about the movie because of what Zach was talking about with the, uh, the rebranding and putting Remy Malik so big. Yeah. I was like, is this going to be about Remy Malik? Because I, I don't think I'm going to be on board. (laughs) Yeah. But he has like next. Yeah. Especially like after I heard him, I was like, he just seems like he couldn't, he's not going to carry this movie. Yeah. I was so relieved when he was hardly in it. No. Uh, and so as we learn a little bit more about what this facility is and you know, who grace is, uh, she has this sort of meeting with her boss, who's like a, the therapist, it seems like, of this group home. And he lets her know that uh, this new girl's going to be moving in named Jaden. And uh, he says, like, hey, this is a friend of a friend, is her dad, so, like, let's make sure to take good care of her. And she's like, yeah, you mean like I take care of all the kids? Yeah. It's so interesting to me that he would be friends or, like, 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 think highly or like any sort of highly about somebody that would let their child be in this kind of situation mm. or like be that kind of person. Like what do you mean? Because like, I don't know, like, because like this is not a great situation and, and like, it seems like he's seen so many of these kids in these awful, awful thing. Like how could he have any respect for anybody that would let his daughter have to be in here? Oh, got it. Like, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. Like if, if this, if, if it's bad enough, like you're not my friend anymore. Like yeah. you're a terrible person. Well, I think part of it is I think he thinks sometimes it's a bad kid, not the parents' fault. Maybe. Does he say something like that? That she's just a bad kid? I it's the only way I could like legitimize that in my mind. Uh-huh. Well, and she comes in and like obviously like she has like serious attitude issues. Like she, you know. Yeah, but I, I would rarely And if he is friends with this guy. He's yeah. probably heard stories from him about how she is a bad kid. Yeah, I just feel like he should have so much more understanding of these kids. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. He's not my favorite character, the the therapist. Because uh, it seems like he's just a little bit too, like, I don't know. Like, it seems like he's been doing this too long, and now he's, It's like, a job. It's not, yeah, it's not it, about yeah. people. Almost sees it as, a, yeah, like his business a little bit. Yeah. And I yeah. think Brie Larson would share the same sentiments that you do about him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we get to know some of these kids a little bit more and you have, you know, the, the, uh, I forget a lot of their names, but, uh, you have like the, I don't know anyone's name in it. I just know the actors. Oh, you don't like, like you said, Grayson Mason. And I was like, oh yeah, that, that is, is their name. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, you have, uh, the, the, the redheaded boy, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to bug me that I don't remember his name. Let's call him Toby. Let's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why Toby? <I> don't know. <laughs> Let's definitely it's, not it's do better that. better than Doby. <laughs> 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 that's your qualification. It says be better than Doby. <laughs> his name is Sammy. Sammy. That's right. I knew Sammy's that also better than Doby. Yeah, but I was on the, wrong, on the right track. Okay. So we get introduced to like Sammy a little bit, who's this like really quiet, reserved kid that apparently has like, you know, fits of like energy and temper. Um, but uh, we get introduced to him. We get introduced to Mason, 
who becomes this really central character, um, played by uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, no, uh, you just said Mason. Marcus. Yeah. Marcus. I'm sorry. We get, we get introduced to Marcus, um, you know, really troubled kid. Um, but like, you know, kind of getting to that age where he's probably about to age out of this program and go out and be an adult now. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and then how Mason and Grace especially are with these kids, which I think is like super impactful. Like, I think they're like the way they are with those kids is, is really unique. Yeah. It was funny though. Brie Larson, uh, like really wanted this role and so she uh, like had like told Cretton, the director, that she had as soon as she read the script, she went out and like um, applied to work at uh, a facility like this. Wow! Um, and he was really like like convinced by that, and so he hired her. And she didn't tell him until like months later that she had been uh, rejected by every organization she applied to work at. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> like she was like, yeah, I loved it so much. I went out and like, you know, applied it at all these different uh, teenage care facilities. And I was like, but none of them would have me. Do you think maybe, <laughs> do you think maybe she didn't really want to do it? So she filled out some bad applications. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's all a I'll just let the hired. kids play with knives, you know? <laughs> So, uh, Grace, uh, finds out pretty early in the movie that she's pregnant, Mm -hmm. which, uh, like we can sort of tell, like she's had an experience like this before. Like she goes and like gets a pregnancy test and they're like, you're pregnant, but all of it, it seemed like she seems very like familiar with this process. Yeah. Well, she even says like, they ask her like, have you ever been pregnant before? And she says, no. And then, like, she waits a little bit, and she goes, well, aside from, like, that one time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, like, cryptic. Yeah, it's like, what happened? Like, this is obviously, like, a major, like, development in her mentally. Like, there's something going on. Yeah. You can tell this is really hard for her to be there. Yeah. Right. Like, it's very traumatic for her. Like, it's bringing up something for her to to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I was cool with, like this happening i was like okay like i don't know this girl's story like i don't know anything like if um, maybe an abortion is the right way for her to go and then she told her boyfriend that she was pregnant right and i looked at tyler and i said tyler if she gets an abortion now (laughs) i hate this movie (laughs) i was like i'm like if you're gonna do it that's fine but don't tell the person just to tell them also i'm getting rid of it yeah, so she, but right before that, like Scott, you jumped ahead just a little bit, but, um, but yeah, they, we, we saw, um, Grace and Mason, uh, like they have issues. Like, like she, they try to be intimate and she like smacks him in the face. And like, like, so, like, clearly, like she has issues and, and like he keeps telling her, like, you have to let me in. Um, so yeah, she's she's got some like trauma that she definitely hasn't dealt with. And and I think that the pregnancy definitely like has something to do with that. Or at least her issue with the pregnancy has something to do with her like past issues. But uh <clears throat> anyway, um it's it's all right. It's hard. It's a tough movie. <laughs> so sad. At what point were you like over it? Uh, I was never like over it, but when it ended, I was like, 
Okay. Took a deep breath. Of I, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's over. It's funny. I do not feel that way at all. I don't either. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know what it was. Like maybe hard. I was, maybe I was in the wrong state of mind when I watched it. But like the whole time I watched it, I was like, okay, I think this is good. But man, let's get a little, little, little happy for me, please. Is there never? There any were point? some happy moments. I was like, going to yeah, say, there's, say there's times where like characters like, feel like and relief I did, and justification and like I did, and, I did like yeah. those. Okay, like that scene later in the movie is probably my favorite scene that we took our opening from, where they're at his adoptive parents' house. Oh like, yeah, love that. What's the hardest scene? For I don't know. You? Like this one right now that we were talking about, where she's in the doctor's office, was uh -huh. rough. Um, like the scene, like where the the kid is rapping about his life. I forget his name. Yeah, that Marcus, was rough. Marcus, and yeah. like when when she goes home, like all those were just like I was just like man, like this is t like I just I didn't. I didn't realize how terrible it was. And yeah. I, at this, like, I think it's, it's good to know how terrible it is, but at the same time, like, man, I sometimes wish I didn't know. Are we still doing a play by play? Kind of. Mm -hmm. We can abandon the play by play. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I ruin it? No, okay. no, it is kind of hard. Like it essentially, it's just like Grace and Mason taking care of these troubled kids. And they're like, you know, they're fighting with each other sometimes mm -hmm. and like, like physical violence. And like, there's a suicide attempt, which was awesome. Because we we uh, brought up obviously Grace's pregnancy, um, but were then revealed later that uh, it was her father, I believe, right? Yeah, who impregnated her? Not um, with the baby she has right now. It was yeah, no, 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 yeah. The, like when the she was a kid, the, she, the trauma that she's dealing with. When they yeah. asked, "Have you been pregnant before?" and she says, "Yes," that was the one. Um, and so she really. Uh, clings on to this to Caitlin Deaver's character um, because for some reason she's <clears throat> excuse me Grace is kind of the one person that Caitlin Deaver's character trusts yeah. yeah and eventually yeah eventually respects and trusts I and think it's just because like she knows what it's like and mm -hmm. so like it, it's it's clear that she's not she knows her. how to navigate yeah through that situation yeah um and she really helps Caitlin uh, kind of get out of that like hard situation, but also helps her like process through it. And I yeah. think the most intense scene for me was when she was reading the story. She that read. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. The octopus one. Yeah. I think like, I think the moment when I sent you guys that text was when, um, well, I forgot the, the kid's name, but when he tried, when he tried to slit his wrist and then Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. I was just like, Oh my gosh, the can scene, we, can we get some wins for these kids? Yeah, um, the scene that breaks my heart the most every time is uh, right after the rap scene when they're shaving Marcus's head. Oh, yeah. And he asks, like, is it lumpy? Yeah. That's the scene that, like, gets me the most emotional. Yeah, because he's, like, pressing several times, like, I, I just want to shave my head. Like, is mm -hmm. Grace still going to shave my head? Like, you know. Yeah. And, but he can't bring himself to look up. That mm -hmm. was the thing, like, even at the beginning of the movie that, like, kind of where they were like, what do you want? Like, oh, do you want anything special? And he's like, I just want my head shaved. Yeah. And, like, that was like, oh, my gosh, that's that's all he wants. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that would make it. And it just, I don't know. So that's why I love uh, the last story that Mason is telling to everyone. Um, he's kind of talking about this story where this new kid just tells the, like, most attractive girl that's in this group at the time um, that he finds are like really interesting and she just like doesn't respond leaves him out in the cold and then um, once Marcus is gone Mason sees Marcus out on a date with that girl 
And I thought it was really cool that we finally kind of get Marcus's, like you were saying, like, oh, we need a win for these kids. And it was cool to see Marcus get a win. Yeah, that was, I really liked that scene and like the whole thing. Cause like when he's telling the story, I was like, oh, who's he talking about? And they're yeah. like, oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That was really cool. When he goes, that was Marcus. Yeah. And then it's like, so we're out, we're having coffee and I, I see Marcus and like, oh my gosh, how is he? He looks great. You know, he got a job. He was talking and like, they're like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, and then I realized there was two cups of coffee and she, here she comes. She comes out. It's just like, oh, man. That was yeah. that was such, like, a powerful, like, cathartic moment. Yeah. Yeah. There's some genuinely funny moments, too. One of my favorite moments is when um, a fight breaks out between Luis <laughs> and Marcus. Yeah. And they're fighting, playing the baseball game, and they kind of separate them. And then um, one of the other women, her name's Jessica, she's, th- that actress goes on to be in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's asking, I think it's Luis, like, Hey, like, how are you doing? And Rami Malik's character answers and says, like, I don't know. That was intense. Like, does that always just happen? Was, just, and she's talking talk, to you. I was asking Luis. <laughs> that was that was really funny. Yeah, that was great. I loved the uh, the when Jaden first really explodes. It was on her birthday, and she explodes and like runs into her room and slams her door shut because her dad isn't going to come pick her up on her birthday. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and they <clears throat> they need her to keep her door open. And so Grace is trying to shove the door open. And, you know, uh, finally, like, <clears throat> the door bursts open and Jaden comes out and, like, crushes the <laughs> cupcake yeah. into Grace's face. And then, like, after they, like, calm her down, they go through the thing. Uh <laughs> well, they like pull her to the ground and Jaden turns and spits right oh, yeah. in Rami Malik's face. That and just... so everything starts to calm down. And and uh, John, Gallagher, John Gallagher Jr. playing Mason, Mason, he goes, hey, are you all right? And he's like, not good. And he's like, how are you doing? Not good. Yeah. And then asked Grace, like, how's my cupcake? Yeah. <laughs> There's one really like touching moment <clears throat> with um, Rami Malik as well uh, to kind of get back to Sammy who is the redhead that mm. is running around at the beginning of the movie. Um, it's revealed at some point in the movie, the therapists take away his dolls and they yeah, were that belonged like, to his sister. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought they were like, in, I thought like he had a bunch of sisters or something. I don't remember what it was. Maybe I'm wrong. One sister okay. who had died. Okay. Yeah. And so it had belonged. It had, yeah, exactly. Like Scott said, um, Ramey finds it. At finds one, one. Yeah. yeah. That and they he go, And the way that they're setting the scene up, I like every time I kind of forget and every time I'm like, is he about to do something like kind of like Awful. slimy? Yeah. yeah. Like it looks like, like he's looking around and he looks so suspicious. Are you sure that's not just cause it's Rami Malek? It probably <laughs> it is. could be. It yeah. honestly probably could be, but it just, he looks so suspicious when he finds the doll. Like he like is going to do something bad, but he just goes into Sammy's room and he just like gives it back to him. Yeah. It just sets it on his pillow. Sammy's like balled up and he yeah. just puts it right in front of his nose. Yeah. With all the really hard stuff, I think that's why, like, when I think about this movie, I don't just think of, like, like, I don't think of, like, a Schindler's List, like, just an overwhelming despair and depression, because I feel like it's very well balanced out with a lot of really touching moments and a lot of positivity, like, a lot of good that comes out of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I... I can see like there were a lot of touching moments, but at the same time I think about it and I'm like, the, the winds are just much smaller for me than sure. like, everything else that's happening. The highs are highs and the lows are low, but there's just a lot more lows. I just feel like the lows are lower than the highs are high. Mm. Gotcha. Well, I, I think maybe that's like 
the director like telling us a little bit of something or maybe showing us a little bit of life that like it's these little brief good things that kind of keep us going, but that they're not any that like, like the difference between the lows and the highs is dramatically yeah. skewed toward the lows, but the little highs are what like continue like giving us hope to keep going kind of a thing. I think too, like we kind of like read our own stories a little bit when we are like looking at this stuff. And so like we compare like their highs to our highs and it's like, oh, that's not even that great. But for them, like it was maybe the best thing that they've ever experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Like but not having lumps is a big deal. I think that that's mm-hmm. what makes it so much more heartbreaking mm. is that like, got oh, it. Like when I think about it and I'm like, that's, like You're that's huge for them. That. Yeah. And it, and like, and it's not like, oh, like looking down, like I can't believe that you love this. It's like, oh my gosh, this is what, this is all it takes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like it's been that rough that you're just, you're just thrilled to have your head shaved, you know? Well, like kind of jumping back ahead now a little bit into the plot, Grace, uh, her, her supervisor ends up sending Jaden home after the octopus story, after this moment mm-hmm. where Jaden essentially says like, I'm being abused. Just she, not in those yeah, words. Yeah, she writes it up and puts it in her file. Yeah. And the next day, uh, the supervisor sends Jaden on a weekend pass with her father and Grace explodes. Like you, you, I can't believe you would do this. Like she told me in the only way that she knew how that that man was abusing her. And he's like, there's no evidence of that. And it's not your job to interpret tears. And so, uh, Grace actually then goes and, uh, uh, well, actually I'm sorry. She, uh, like kind of flips out with on, uh, Mason and mm-hmm. like breaks up with him and says like, I'm getting, I'm terminating yeah, this. I can't have a kid. Yeah. I can't have, I can't have a kid and I can't have your kid and I can't be married to you. And she just takes off to Jaden's father's home and breaks in. And it looks like she's going to go kill him. Yeah. She's got, she's holding a bat and he's asleep in his bed. And for a little bit of second, little callback, you think she's going to be a bear Jew. <laughs> <laughs> she's just channeling her Donnie Donowitz. Yeah. But who in Scott's mind is a real person. <laughs> well, a, a real myth. Yeah. No, he thinks that he existed. I thought, well, like Santa Claus, like yeah. it's a very real uh, myth, oh, you know, okay. like, I yeah, sure. Scott, loosely based on a real person, but I thought Scott uh, was telling us that he still believed in Santa. <laughs> I definitely still believe in the bear Jew. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but uh, grace relents and finally like really opens up to Jaden. Like Jaden's the first person that Grace really opens up to about her father. And I'll have to pause right there and just say that would be an excellent Christian band name. Grace Relents. <laughs> Grace Relents. I'm glad you I'm glad you cut him off for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was worth it for sure. Uh, stop, let me stop you right there. <laughs> and tell you about this band that we're never gonna make. Sick band name. Dibs if, on if, that you're band. An, if you're an aspiring Christian rock band <laughs> and you're listening to the rotten pee. Grace you relents. can't have it. <laughs> it's it's, it's off, ours. <laughs> it's off limits. We've copyrighted it. Verbal trademark. Verbal trademark. Uh, but then they they decide to uh, take a baseball bat to the car and and uh, break out the windows and uh, and then head back to uh, the short term twelve facility. And uh, but she's we see then Grace like you know, sort of like aftermath, like epilogue kind of thing. Like she actually goes to therapy and like, she's working through this and her and Mason are back together and 
working through it together. And the movie ends, like you said, Zach, the way it began with telling this story and then the door just busts open and outruns Sammy screaming. And I love the, I do love the like circle, the circle of it that they tell because like anytime I see a circle in a movie, it makes me think that this is just every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is just a cycle that keeps happening. This yeah. is just a cycle that keeps happening. And I, I loved, I loved that feeling of the end that it's like, like, uh, almost that like, Hey, yeah, this was all really hard, but the world is continuing to spin for all of them. Yeah. I think the extraordinary part of it is that this wasn't an extraordinary tale, right? It's like, no, this is week in and week out what this is like. Yeah. And that's what makes it extraordinary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's short term 12. Any, uh, favorite lines, favorite parts. We've, we sort of like meandered through the plot. So we might've done some of those, but there's a part that we didn't talk about that I think is pretty funny when um, they're just like uh, bringing Jaden in and like, this is what I was going to say too, showing her, her new room. And they said, I can't put any, like anything bad up on the walls. And she says uh, like no pictures of penises. Mm -hmm. And then Brie Larson says like, not unless they're very scientific, scientific and educational. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then later they go into her room and there's like Like biology textbook pages. Yeah. Diagrams of like penises. Yeah. And like Grace likes that, like she yeah, she thinks, she thinks it's, it's funny. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's part of like she makes the connection, like oh, this girl's like me. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. They're both uh, like sort of like dark artists, mm-hmm. you know. They both draw and yeah. Um, I think my favorite part is definitely Mason's rap. I'm sorry, not Mason, Marcus. Marcus. It's hard having those two names yeah. next to each other. Keep mixing it up. But Marcus's rap just really wrecks me every yeah. time. Yeah, that was that was rough. And I, I like, <clears throat> I don't know why I was thinking about like that scene, like just right before he gets into it and he's like, so there's a lot of F-bombs in it. And he's like, man, it doesn't matter. And like he just like lets him break the rules to yeah. like connect with him. To connect with him and, and to let him like tell his story. Yeah. And uh, so Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Cretton had actually written the, the rap Mm-hmm. But uh, Lakeith Stanfield actually rewrote it to inject some of his own story into that, and which I think is like super powerful. But also like, man, like that's intense, and it really does leave like, like uh, John Gallagher Jr. playing Mason. Like as soon as Marcus is done with the rap, like he's just kind of like sitting in that moment and like doesn't really know what to say or what to think, and like you just feel like. I don't know, like the the care and compassion, but just the lack of words. And like, it made me feel like that was real, you know? Like yeah. that was just really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott? Yes? Favorite line, favorite part? Oh, sorry. I was just, Zach was just like looking around and I got distracted by his looking around. Um, favorite line, favorite part? I liked... Uh, the scene with the baseball bat. Oh yeah, sure. Just that whole interaction with her too. And like, yeah. her, even in the midst of like having a really bad time, like jokes with her, like can still find humor in it. Like what? So you're just going to beat him in the head with a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can just tell like, this is still just another, uh, day for just her. another day for Jaden yeah. for half a second. I thought you were going to say that scene with the baseball bat where he beats the knots. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. If I'm honest, <laughs> 
Uh, Jake, you already answered, right? That was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think my like my favorite part was that um, that party they have for his adopted parents, and I oh, like that. Yeah. That's my favorite part, and it was just this very sweet, nice moment. Um, but yeah, like it, there was a lot of like tough, but still, like I wasn't like I didn't enjoy. I, I, it wasn't like I didn't like it. That was actually the last location they shot. Was really? the party that was like the end of shooting? That probably probably helped everybody rap on a, on a oh light note. yeah oh yeah like on a on an emotional high note not like yeah depression yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's right it's just uh, our resident cat yeah he's uh he's on he's recently on the payroll yeah uh, i think we're gonna put him on administrative leave wait we're paying for, for <laughs> yeah. we're paying for a cat but we can't afford you know like any salary for me? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we have to pay Dan first. Yeah. Okay. So Dan, and then we have an intern. Well, interns don't get paid. No, this is a paid internship. Wow. This isn't college credit. No, 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 no. This is a paid internship. And then we got to at least like, we don't really pay the cat. Cause what is a cat going to do with money? But we do buy him food. Yeah. Okay. And then after my Tyler and Zach's cut, there's just none left. That's a bummer. So by putting like the cat on administrative leave, that just means we're not feeding him anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's on his own. Yeah, We're just going to put him outside. He's him loose. for himself. Yeah. I feel like I had to spend a lot of money to buy servers and stuff. You know, like well, out of pocket. We'll potentially reimburse you if uh, this ever really takes off. But yeah. it, it's taken off enough to pay five people. Well, yeah, four but, people and a cat. But great, great value mountain trail mix while delicious is not giving us server money, you know? I mean, Interesting. I mean, just enough for all of us to pay rent. Yeah. But. Okay. And for Dan to put his three children through private school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess what you're saying is fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any, uh, any recast that you guys would do? Uh, if anyone tries to recast John Gallagher Jr., by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a fit. We I think he's just... my hero. Yeah, so like I'm not really trying to recast him, but I was thinking someone who could maybe do that role, and I don't remember his name in this other from um, uh, Jaws, the scientist guy who has his own boat. Oh, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. I think Dreyfus could do it. Uh, young Dreyfus. Hey, wait, who would he be? John Gallagher Jr. Yeah, Mason. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'd keep it. I'd keep it the way it is. Maybe. Maybe just lift in place uh, Rami Malek in a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> you could take yeah, him out. I'm, yeah, you could just probably take out Rami Malek entirely from the movie and it would be Make better. it a, a better, pr- put in like Chris Pratt or something. Oh, you know what? I think if you put in Robert Downey <laughs> I don't Jr. think I'd like that at all. And uh, Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah. Like and they had like a, like a mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. 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 Or maybe yeah. like Brie Larson. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about her for this movie. Yeah. It'd be pretty good. Like and then you could hair. make uh, Caitlin Deaver's dad like Tim Josh, Allen. Josh Brolin. No, I was gonna say Josh Brolin, oh. but well, as okay. Thanos. Yeah. Oh, so if you take you take Caitlin Deaver and make her like maybe Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 And then you take uh, Marcus and uh, replace him with Paul Bettany. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted this to be a bigger grossing movie, you definitely need to get Zoe in there. <laughs> yeah, she's in the the two top highest grossing movies of all time. Is that right? Yep. So wait, what? Zoe Saldana she's is in, in Alien and Avengers. Not and Ga- Alien, or not Alien. Avid- Avatar, 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 yeah. and, and Avengers. Avengers. Oh, she plays an alien in both. So really, you need her as an alien. Yeah. Fair enough. 
All right, well, let's uh, spin up those servers that uh, Jake's paying for all by himself. Yeah, and it costs a lot of money to run. <laughs> like, it's so hot at my house. And I just, so there's a lot Do of Do you want to work here or not, Jake? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, Zach, what would you rate this movie? Um, I would rate this movie nine pictures of scientific penises. Okay. Scientific penises rather yeah. than scientific pictures. I realize it's like a nude yeah. Albert Einstein. <laughs> I realized that I was saying it wrong and I was like, I'm going to keep it. Scientific penises. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it 8.5 Grace Relents albums. <laughs> Dang it. That's I was going to do Grace Relents. That was pretty solid. Thank you. That was pretty solid. Scott? Uh, I'm going to give it 8.4 abortion, not abortions. <laughs> oh. Baby's not aborted. Baby's not aborted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I I'm thought a, you were continuing the trend of yeah uh, <laughs> of uh of what? What did you do last time? Wait, what? Bear juice? I don't know. No. Gosh dang it! <laughs> I do, I don't I'm, even, I'm really off my game right now. It's all right. We're, we'll cut it. Or I not. know. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Scott but I'm just not did bring the, it up. this, not this before. Oh, the terrorist, oh. not ter German, yes. not German, terrorist, yes. not terrorist. Yeah, yeah. 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 got yeah. it, got it. Uh, and I'm gonna give this uh, nine point uh, three five uh, windows busted in by a baseball bat. All right. Well, uh, just as a reminder, the other guys gave this uh, a ninety six percent, and IMDb gave it an even eight. And uh, on Rotten Potatoes, this movie is an eighty eight percent. All right. Not bad. Not uh certainly not uh Napoleon Dynamite bad. How's it compared to uh Inglorious? Uh it's not Inglorious good. Uh but you know, it's right in the middle somewhere around the Green Mile or Whiplash. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Like They're not exists. all the same to me. Yeah, the Green Mile got an eighty-seven percent, uh, short term twelve, eighty-eight, and Whiplash eighty-nine. Mm. Hmm. That actually is exactly how in that order I would rank it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think me too. But yeah, there you go. Uh, make sure to uh, tune in next week. Uh, we're we're feeling the season these days. It's the start of the spooky month. And so, uh, Jake, what uh, we we've we've decided to do uh, like Halloween, at least Halloween adjacent movies, um, mostly because Scott refuses to watch horror movies I or hate any kind of scare. Well. I'm a scaredy cat. Yeah, and so uh, we have to like force ourselves to do it. So. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what are what are you what ha Halloween adjacent movie are you? Well, I'm nominating? also a scaredy cat, so I have decided to go with the Mel Brooks classic, Young Frankenstein, which is definitely not scary. No. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, do you have any final thoughts for us before we get out of here? In Young Frankenstein.